Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, as we move into 2 Corinthians chapter 13, we find the Apostle Paul giving a little bit more information about his announced visit to Corinth. He's already announced that previously, but now he's, going, he's telling them in more detail exactly what he's going to do when he comes. You remember in chapter 12, he listed two categories of sins that were apparently being committed by some of the members of that church. And he said, these have got to be dealt with, and I'm going to give you time to deal with them. The eight sometimes called respectable sins in chapter 12, verse 20, which are not respectable at all, but sometimes are the kinds of sins that we don't take seriously. And then the three sins dealing with sexual immorality in verse 21, that most people do recognize as serious sin. And Paul said all of these, both the ones that you don't usually think of as being that bad and the ones that most people will acknowledge are bad, both of those need to be acknowledged, they need to be confessed, they need to be forsaken, they need to be out of your lives, because when I come, I'm going to deal with anything that you haven't already dealt with. But he makes it clear that when he comes and when he investigates the reports of what is going on there, and he clearly had some information that had been reported to him, he wasn't just shooting in the dark and saying, well, these sort of things often happen, and I suppose it's probably happening in your church. But no, he is dealing with things that have been reported to him. But he said, when I come, I'm going to conduct a very thorough and fair and principled examination based upon the legal requirements of the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, that nobody is going to be considered guilty unless it is by the mouth of two or three witnesses. And only then can guilt be established. So, he tells them that he's coming to examine them, but it's going to be a principled judgment, a principled trial. But he has more to say about this examination, and we'll take it up in just a moment after I welcome you to this Friday, December 1. Wow, where has the time gone? <clears throat> December 1 edition of the Beacon Broadcast and remind you of our dependence upon the gifts of radio listeners to keep this broadcast on this station perhaps you will prayerfully consider a year-end gift to the Beacon Broadcast. What a blessing that would be. Paul's coming to conduct an examination of the church. That examination will be principled, verse 1, but it will be painful, verse 2, at least for some. 
Verse 2, I've told you before, and I foretell as if I were present the second time, and now, being absent, I write to those who have sinned before, and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare. For those who have previously been warned on his second visit, remember this will be his third one, and on his second visit, he had dealt with sin in the church and warned some believers that they needed to get their house in order. Remember Paul's specifying he is enumerating three visits. The first one, of course, is when he established the church. He was there in Corinth for 18 months, and then he left the church to go on and minister elsewhere. But he came back to visit again and dealt with some sin in the church on that occasion. And now he's coming back again, having written epistles in between. Now he's coming back for a third visit, and he's going to deal with those who failed to abandon sinful practices with all of the warnings, all of the exhortations, all of the entreaties, all of the appeals, all of the opportunities that have been given to them from his second visit and from his epistle sent to them. And when I come, if there are people who still haven't dealt with these things, it's not going to be pleasant. For those who have been warned on my second visit, as well as others who are also guilty, he refers to all the rest. Did you catch that? I have told you before, reading verse 2 again, I have told you before, and foretell as if I were present the second time, and now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare. So he has in mind some that he has dealt with before, and the reports have come to him that they have not they have not dealt with the sin that he dealt with, that he thought they had dealt with and been put behind them, but not all of them have. And there are others who are also guilty of sin who were not confronted on that second visit, but they are involved in unconfessed sin that up till now has not been repented of, and he will deal with them. So for those who were previously warned, as well as others who also may be guilty, all the rest, in other words, all who have not repented of their sins will be punished. The time for patience will end when he comes on his third visit. All of the opportunities you've been given, if you still haven't dealt with it, I will not spare you. I will examine the charges thoroughly and carefully. I will conclude no one to be guilty unless there is sufficient ev evidence to, to pronounce them guilty in a court of law. Something that Christians don't seem to realize because it's very seldom practiced in our day, is that the church is supposed to hold its members accountable and to investigate charges of misconduct very much like a court. But it will be done in the church among believers with mature believers doing the investigation and the judging, and that will keep things out of court. <laughs> 
Of course, not everything goes to court, but some things do. That was one of the things that Paul dealt with previously among the Corinthians. They seem to have more problems in their church than almost any other church. And one of the problems that he dealt with, I think that was in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, was that some of them were taking other members of the church to court. Paul said, cut that out. That's not the way to deal with it. But he said, it ought to be dealt with in the church. You remember that? But boy, that just goes by people today. In the church? Never heard of that. Why, we can't do that. Well, we can if if we're going to be biblical in what we do. Here's what he says. Dare any of you, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Now, nearly every... Christian that knows much of anything about the Bible knows that the Bible says that Christians shouldn't take other Christians to court. That's what Paul says in verse 1. Do you not know, he says, that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Now he's getting into the other part that seems to get overlooked and ignored. Not only should Christians not take other Christians to court, but the matters that are being taken to court should rather be dealt with within the church by Christians who are judged worthy by God to judge angels. So surely that is in in the final judgment. We're going to have some, some part in the judgment of angels, evil, the fallen sinful angels, who are going to be judged before they're cast into the lake of fire, and God's people are going to be involved in that. And if we are counted worthy by God to be able to do that, such a great matter, to judge those who will be cast into hell for eternity, don't you think we should be able to judge smaller matters, that is, things here upon the earth that aren't nearly that significant? Verse 3, do you not know? Well, that was what I I just read. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Verse 4, if then you have judgments concerning, concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? In other words, you take it to court outside the church to unbelievers, to people that you wouldn't even allow to sing in the choir in your church, or you shouldn't. They're not believers. They're not Christians. They shouldn't have any part in the church at all. And here you are committing judgments of these matters to unbelievers, to to judge what's going on among believers. He says in verse 5, I say this to your shame. It is so. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. And he goes on from there. The point being that not only are Christians not to go to court with one another, but they are to appeal to the church, appeal to church leaders to deal with this matter in the church, to act as judges among Christians, to act and to determine guilt as if it were a court matter, but it's it's a church matter. Now, how, how often do you see anything like that being practiced in churches today? Pretty rare. But that's what Paul says. 
he's going to do when he comes for his third visit to Corinth, back to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to do this. I have told you before. Verse 2, and foretell, as if I were present the second time. And now, being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest that if I come again, I will not spare. If you won't deal with this privately and individually, or if you won't deal with it personally between you and those in the church that you have, have a, a problem with, and if you won't, not having not done that or not done that successfully, if you won't take it to the church and let the church leaders, the elders of the church and others deal with this matter, investigate it, and come to a judgment on your behalf, then I'm going to have to do it. It's got to be done. So as the founder of the church and as an apostle of Jesus Christ, I will come, I will conduct the examinations, I will gather the evidence, I will require any charge to be cooperated by eyewitnesses or witnesses who have sufficient information, whether they actually saw it or not, but they have solid information, not just hearsay, not just gossip. I will only charge guilt where there is irrefutable evidence that could stand up in court, but we don't take these things to court. We're Christians. We settle these matters in the church. Well, what a novel idea. What a biblical idea. What a Pauline idea. What a Christ-honoring idea. And we need to be doing that. God, help us to get back to practicing church church exercises the way the Bible teaches us to do it. What a difference that would make in Christianity in America today. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.